Hi, Damien Christoph here. And Marcus Pierce here. After you listen to this Wellness Couch podcast, make sure you strap on your early bird wellness cape and head over to thewellnesssummer.com and book your early bird tickets. Tickets are going like hotcakes and why wouldn't they be? Because two days of powerhouse wellness featuring the Up For A Chat Girls, the new couch rock star, Kale Brock, the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe, our beautiful special guest, Nat Kringudis, Quirky Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, MP, our brother, the wellness guys, and more should not be missed. Get ready for some serious wellness, inspiration, education, extrapolation, information, fermentation, and so much more. Head to thewellnesssummit.com and book your tickets now. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I am Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always, by my side, Champion Mindset co-host, Marcus Pierce. Great, Lawrence Tam. Great to hear your voice. Wish I was with you in Sydney, LT, but both you and I have got wind and rain uh, at the moment, so I don't get to actually be there in uh, Grey Paradise with you, but so good to be on Inside the Champion's Mind again. Oh, it's an exciting time, exciting time, but more exciting is that we don't usually bring a lot of guests on our show, but today we have someone special, and is, uh, I can't true. wait to kind of dive deep into this champion's mindset and uh, to share with all our listeners on uh, how to become just a sensational. Absolutely. We do get a lot of feedback, LT, that people love just you and I going at it for half an hour every couple of weeks, just talking about life and the things that are going on. But we do feel every now and again, it's really great to bring on another champion mind. And one of our beautiful co-hosts at the Wellness Couch, Lauren Hayes, who's a co-host on Mind Over Movement, sent me a message saying, I think you and Lawrence would really, um, and, and the listeners of Inside the Champion's Mind, would really love to learn about Matt Pryor. Let me tell you a little bit about Matt. We are about to talk to Matt, who's traveled to almost 100 countries on all types of vehicles, and I'm talking from London cabs to rickshaws. He has, quite frankly, scaled the heights and traversed the lows that many of us would shudder at the thought of. Matt Pryor used to be a British military expedition leader, but these days he is far more famous for being a world record holder for reaching the highest altitude in the world by a taxi, a London taxi. We're talking Everest Base Camp, just over 17,000 feet. To find out what type of mindset it takes to be so courageous and, dare I say, it's spontaneous, it is a very warm welcome to you, Matt Pryor. Hello. Good to be here. Good to be talking to you both. Thank you so much for joining us on Inside the Champions Mind. It's, I'm really looking forward to hearing about you, Matt, because you have got so many things to tell us about. You, again, you've been in a London cab all over the world to end up at Everest Base Camp. You've been uh, featured with GoPro and Red Bull. You are a massive adventurer. I, I know everyone probably tells you this, but I think of Bear Grylls, but on a totally different level when I think of what you do. But I'd love to know, and I'm sure LT would as well, what type of mind it takes to do what you do. But for people that don't know who you are and what you're about, just give people an yeah. insight as to who Matt Pryor is and, and why you do what you do. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I basically run two professions alongside each other, and it's a massive balancing act. And then whenever I get any time off whatsoever, I like to go and push myself 
mentally do crazy things um just any my, it's all about my curiosity really that's how all of this happens and that's how all of this will continue to go i just become curious about something and think hmm, i wonder what that's like and off i go so yeah i'm currently i used to be a air force pilot and run expeditions and so i've effectively taken that life into the civilian world now so now i fly civilian and keep doing all my adventures you know, it sounds exciting. I mean, one of the key things that, you know, what you've been able to do is turn a passion uh, into, you know, what you used to do and also turn it into a passion of what you're doing right now and, and still loving it and enjoying it. But I'd love to know more about someone who like yourself, who's an adventurous and who has a love and crave for adventure, but also curiosity. You know, what's your background? What, like in terms of as a kid, like did something happen as yeah. a child <laughs> or like your parents were adventurous? What happened? What drove you to do all these crazy things? Honestly, like I say, it's just... Um, I mean, when I was growing up, I loved being in the outdoors. My parents were, well, my dad was very outdoorsy. I used to go walking in the hills an awful lot. Uh, my grandparents were. And so, yeah, just the outdoors and fresh air makes me feel alive full stop. And then as I was uh, early teens, I started dabbling and traveling into Europe and coming back again. And then, I don't know, as you go through life, you just see things and it just opens more and more doors. And I didn't plan it like this at all. It's almost just happened. But um, like you say, the big thing is that is this, it's a passion. And the fact that it's a passion means that I can just, I love it so much that I just keep pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward and just see what happens really. All right, then let me ask you this. You are the world record holder for the circumnavigation of the globe in a London taxi, 45,000 miles, which in kilometers is what, 65,000 kilometers. You raise over 20,000 pounds for the Red Cross. You go over four continents which I can't even understand yet on a London taxi. I'm thinking, what, you've got to get it on a plane. 50 countries, and the, the finishing party is at Everest Base Camp. Where does an idea or an inspiration like that come from? Are you going down the, yeah, you're, you're in a cabin, you're going, well, this is a bit boring on the road. Let me get this London taxi off-road. What do you do? <laughs> As with all ideas, it all starts with beer and the pub. <laughs> <laughs> And that's honestly how the whole business has sort of evolved as well. Mate, we, all, we all go out, we all go and have a few beers, we all come up with stupid ideas. And the thing that sort of stayed in my mind is that there's so many of these ideas that no one follows through with. They all just say, oh, yeah, but that's never going to happen. And that's it. That's the end of that. Well, these are the, this is where the ideas happen. And then you just think, okay, this does sound a bit ridiculous. But as with anything, if you just treat it like a project break it down and give yourself milestones and just work, work, work at it. Yeah, you can make anything happen. And that's what I love doing. And that's where this whole belief has come from. And what I love is once you do one or two or three or four of these, you start looking at the world and don't think that anything's that impossible, really. You just think, I just need a new idea and off we go. You know, that's a, that's a great thing because a lot of times um, a lot of people have great ideas and a lot of people in the world have great ideas, but mm-hmm. they never translate to anything into action. You know, mm-hmm. so what have you learned uh, in the past to overcome the the voice inside your head that goes, that is just dumb, Matt. Like, that is just ridiculous, <laughs> you know? Um, wh- like, what's, how do you overcome that? I mean, obviously, you, you know, as you get better at it, you, you just, it becomes natural. But at the beginning, like going back to, you yeah. know, when you were 20s or, you know, maybe as a, you know, in your 30s, like what, what happened? Like, how do you overcome that? How can we learn from of shutting down that lizard brain? I think the biggest thing is, and honestly, it's very hard to get rid of it completely because even when I'm on some of these things, I'm like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> But I think the biggest thing is just realizing that these things are, imp- are possible. And a lot of it comes from inspiration from other people. Because I, I always hear all sorts of stories and just think, well, if he or she can do it, then why can't I do it? Why can't any of us do it? 
And the the big thing for me is experiencing it, actually starting off and doing it yourself. It's all about that experience and that belief and that learning experience. So once you've done it yourself and you think, hmm, that what are you, the big thing is you realize it's not as hard or as big or as challenging as you might think it is initially. And especially to like people that talk about it, they just think, oh, I could never do that. There's, there's quite a defeatist attitude out there, I'd say, in general. Absolutely. And I'm on a mission to crush the defeatism. That's impressive. I love, I love the tonality. That's why you're on the, the show, language. man. That's why you're on the show. That's awesome. Any excuse you give me, I'm determined to show you that you can turn that round on the flip side and there's a positive side to it. Okay, now let's not sugarcoat this though. You said that there were times when you were on your adventures. Let's let's talk about yep. say it's on the meter and you're doing this big 65,000 kilometer trip around the world and I want to know about some of the times when you were stuck in your London cab and you were literally stuck and I bet you you would have said, Matt, what the F are you doing? <laughs> Tell us some of those times. Yeah, going up to going up to base camp was probably the worst and the stupidest idea that we had of all of it but it was more it was more just one of these things that again it just evolves you just it was actually on the journey that we decided to do it this wasn't all part of the plan it was just as we were going into um, Nepal and Tibet um, we started talking to some locals and they they suggested oh are you going to take this taxi up to Everest and we just looked at each other and just thought uh, no this is never going to happen <laughs> and then we delved a little bit more and, and spoke to the locals and just said look this will be possible. You just have to do certain things to the car. You're going to have to push it a lot. We did have a winch on the front of the of the cab, which helped out quite a bit. But the main thing we did was push the bloody thing. Because at that height, the engine runs out of quite a bit of steam, as you can imagine. Mm. You literally and got out got out and pushed it. Got out. We emptied the whole car and pushed it a lot, a lot, a lot of the way, yeah. Wow. That's sensational. I mean, what I loved about that too as well, you, you kind of took something into and created an action and then you adapted as well. Like you just, not that you just kind of went off and, and obviously it wasn't like planned out exactly how you wanted because you actually changed and go, huh, what if we did that? What if you did that? So you're constantly evolving even while you're on that journey, which I really love. So let me ask you this. Uh, what's the biggest learning lesson you have learned from all the adventures that you've done so far? Like what, what was the, some of the big lessons for yourself personally um, that you have learned to overcome or challenges that you had to overcome during those journeys? Um, what are the lessons I've learned? The big things that are the sort of conclusions after everything. So I'd say realizing that almost anything impossible allows you to go through life um, looking at things in a very different way. It's more like the why rather than, sorry, it's, it's more like the why not rather than the why. And it's much, like I say, I'm, I'm very big on the positive side and what this, this can be done. It's just laying out, laying out a roadmap. And that's what I've realized to do any of this stuff. You need an idea, you need a roadmap and you need positivity. Once you've got a bit of that, things start moving. Then it's just perseverance and overcoming problems. And I've really learned a lot about being resourceful because this is just a big exercise in problem solving, basically problem solving and decision making, and all the key skills that you gain from that um, is why I love it so much. So it did start out as just being fun and having a laugh and seeing the world and pushing yourself physically and mentally, but actually over the years I've looked back on it and I've realised I've I gained so much from these adventures, like so much in terms of life skills, in terms of dealing with the unknown and. Uh, yeah, decision making, creative thinking, problem solving, interpersonal skills, talking to people in different cultures, and I, I just love it. And that's deliberately why I go in rubbish vehicles because they're guaranteed to break down and guaranteed <laughs> to have issues all over the world. Mm. I like that a lot. I like that's what you just said. You must force yourself into that situation. I well, know that it's going to go wrong. 
Well, that's that's exactly that's a really good thing because most people we've discussed this on the show that most people when they plan for a goal or a future or you know a vision that they want for themselves they always plan it perfectly as if everything's going to go right. You've actually yep. literally planned for failure uh, yep. in that because we know that there's always going to be failure. There's always going to be a challenge. I love that. Would like did that? Did you start off that way or did that kind of come about through the adventures itself? Um, it, that came about from the. Before I joined the Air Force, I knew that once I got in, I was going to be stuck for 18 years and there'd be a lot of restrictions on travel and which countries I could go to and what I could do with my life. So I wanted to do something massive before I went in. So we drove a, um, well, in Australian dollars, about 200 Australian dollar, one litre car from London to Mongolia and back through all the stands and around and back again. And our plan in there was to, just a big red pen across the world through all the crazy countries. I thought, let's go and give this a go. Wow. And you knew that that was going to go pear-shaped, is what you're saying? Well, of course. I mean, if you go and buy a car for $200, it's not going to get very far, is it? I mean, So you're thinking that when you're going through Kyrgyzstan and Pakistan and Uzbekistan and all the stairs, you're thinking, well, holy moly, I don't know that language from that language, that culture from that culture, that society from that one. And you're going to – I've written this down here. You are forcing yourself to rely on the goodness of humanity in order for you to not only succeed but in probably many cases survive as well. Yeah, and it's amazing. And the beauty of it is, is normally, I mean, if you just go and knock on somebody's door, um, it can be a bit awkward. But if you've got a reason, a legitimate reason, like your car's broken down, then it's a great icebreaker everywhere. And what I love is just the unpredictable nature of everything. You just have never, no idea what's around the next corner and when the car's going to give you hassle and who you're going to meet and how that will evolve. And I've met the craziest people all over the world. But the, the biggest thing I have learned actually from one of these things is that humanity itself, the people around the world, 99% of them are amazingly kind um, and hospitable people and they will do everything in their power to help you out. And I just love that. Oh, it's just great to be able to hear that, you know, especially when someone who's traveled all around the world and in hundreds of you know countries and cultures and to be able to say that because really we have, you know, the media paints such a negative image of it humanity does. and really uh, to really show that, hey, you know what, we're all in this together. Uh, we're all there to, to really help each other. And uh, and it's great to be able to see that. Now, with, with all these adventures that you've done and all these things that you've done, you obviously had to start somewhere. The very first challenge, the very first, um, mm-hmm. you know, thing that you've done, you had to start with you know, something strong, a commitment, you know, and you don't know, like, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You hope for the best, but there's always going to be, but it starts with commitment. There was always going to be fear and the fear comes after the commitment. I think, you know, I don't know if this is you, but I'm pretty sure this is from you. You say, commit to something, put your balls on the line, then figure it out. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about commitment. Um, Well, like you say, that's the key to it all. You need to, you need to commit. And there's different thought processes on whether, whether, whether you should tell people or whether you should do it and then tell people. But I'm I'm a great believer of telling people because it almost gives you its external accountability. And the crazier and the bigger the idea, the more people talk about it. And the more that they, whenever you see them, they're always saying, oh, how's this going? How's that going? And so it almost forces you to make that happen. So even if there is doubt and even if there is fear and even if there's obstacles and all sorts of stuff, you feel I can't let myself down. I can't let these other people down and I don't want to fail. And it that as a collective, the overall momentum that you gather from that um, is really powerful, I think. So my thing is like have an idea start talking to people about it. And then suddenly this whole family grows around you. All sorts of people start helping you and you're going to come across problems like you say, but you come across problems in absolutely anything in life. Even if you live the most boring, safe, planned out life in the world, you're still going to have problems. Hmm. So why not do the complete opposite and get really good at problem solving? 
Mm, and live the life that you want. So, yeah. you know, you, you met so many people and as you evolved and if you change, like every time you come from back from an adventure, you yeah. change, you evolve, you, yeah. you basically transform. Let me ask you this. So, you know, all, once you transform, what happened to your friends and family? Like in terms of, because obviously that changes too. Your relationship with them changes. Did they try to stop you or, you know, or, you know, want to pull you down? Is that, you know, that whole, you know, tall puppy syndrome thing? What, what kind of experiences that you, have you had over the years? Um, especially at the start with all this, because obviously you come up with this idea, but you have no background in it. And people are just like, you're, you're going to kill yourself or this is dangerous or you're putting a lot on the line. There's an awful lot of risk here. So much so my dad didn't even talk to me for months because he just oh. thought, um, he was just like, why are you doing this? You have a scholarship in the air force. You have a great life mapped out. Now you're going to go and do something really stupid and potentially dangerous because, and that took a lot of months and potentially years with some of the family to realize that I just love doing this. And as crazy as it does seem, it is all about decision-making and risk-taking. And no matter how crazy these things look, it's just millions of decisions along the way. And there's loads of different Y junctions. You can just think that this is really, really dangerous. And this is just, as long as you understand the risks and you've thought about them, then it's fine. And it's just lots of different little challenges along the way. But I would say that any sort of big idea you have, it's always going to be your the closest loved ones at the most negative. Mm-hmm. And it's only because they love you. It's only because they're scared and um, either they wouldn't do it themselves or they just don't understand why you're putting yourself at risk or why you're doing something outside the conventional norms. Mm-hmm. That's what shocks people. If you just go through life normally every single day, it's going to be no one's going to say anything. Yeah. But if you start doing something a bit left or right and it raises a few eyebrows, that's when people start coming to you and like, whoa, 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 we shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be there. But actually, because you do that, it breaks you out of the norm. It makes you see life in a whole different way. You're far more ambitious and far more likely to go for it. And you're far more likely to help other people go for their dreams as well. And that's what is a big thing for me as well, because I find a lot of people don't have the confidence to go for it themselves, but they're more than happy to help you. It's a weird psychology. Yeah. Oh, I want to ask you a few things there, but I do have a question on behalf of uh, our wellness couch friend, Damien Christoph. When you're going yeah. through all the stands and you're going through 80-odd countries that you've been through and the rest, what do you eat? Because I know Damien would want to know, <laughs> what does the champion eat when he's going through countries? He has got no idea what's going to be available. Are you living off the land? Are you digging holes? Are you picking flowers and off the neighbors and eating them? What, what do you actually like live on when you've got all this uncertainty? Food is fuel. That's how I see it. Um, and I mean, as I've gone through the years, when I first started off this, um, I didn't have any, any money at all. So we literally spent all our money on that Mongolia trip on fuel, oil, spares, um, eggs you could get for cheap and watermelons you could get for cheap on the side of the road, like really, really cheap. So we spent months living off eggs and watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> So, so as you can imagine, not the healthiest diet in the world. That's not bad. I would say that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you try eating a watermelon in a car that's bouncing around and it's 55 degrees and pips are going everywhere and juice is going all over your legs. So like, give me an idea here, like a typical day or a typical week. Are you saying that you could just literally have, you know, six eggs for the day or four eggs for the day and, you know, a few chunks of watermelon and like, that's it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you... It, right, human body can survive for 31 days without food, full stop. Yep. So when I know that, I just think, well, anything else is a bonus, I guess. I'm not saying it's the healthiest lifestyle in the world. But um, 
And locals do it and truck drivers do it every single day. You're only doing it for a temporary period of time. And then when you get to other places, you get to sample the delights of local delicacies. I mean, we've had sheep's balls. I've had everything you could ever imagine. <laughs> All right. Now, so I have got my pen poised, right? In my office, which I'm recording from, I have my bucket list, Matt, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm tempted to write down, go on an adventure with Matt Pryor. But I'm like freaking out about writing this down on my list because I'm pretty determined to conquer most things on my list. Commit, but, man. Commit. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like I'm really like the pen is in my hand, right? But well, tell I'm me, still alive. can every like because I look at Bear Grylls and I love Bear Grylls. Read his books, watch his TV shows, but I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. so not even. I'm not any. I don't have any urge to do that, right? But I look at what you do and I think, well, you know, they're in a car or they're on a bike or whatever. They're not like climbing mountains with ice picks and things where I could literally fall to my death. So I'm like, well, Matt's still alive. I know Bear's still alive, but I'm feeling pretty good. Is this the kind of thing that? other people can do or is this just a crazy bloke who used to work in the air force doing what he, doing what he loves honestly 100 percent. i've got a pretty strong mindset and i'm very much a go with the flow type of person but apart from that i'm just a normal bloke and i fully fully believe that anyone can do a lot of this sort of stuff so yeah come along i mean i'm just trying to think now you've asked me about the food question I'm thinking, we've had snakes and spiders. And... <laughs> yeah. I mean, generally, I like to see the local eat at first, so I know that he's not screwing me over or I have a laugh because a lot of them have got some wicked sense of humor. <laughs> they sort of tell you it's a touristy thing, but actually none of the locals would ever do it. Well, I just saw there that uh, you, if you if you need a hot shower or Wi-Fi each day, that's not for you. And uh, Damien Kristoff <laughs> is out for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, listen, but, m- m- yeah, go ahead. You know what? If I can, yeah, so I've, I've actually started this whole, um, business or this whole idea to help other people like like yourself get involved in this but it looks crazy but actually I want to show you that it's safe you can achieve such an uh, amount of different things in one week and I'm just there to, not to hold your hand but just to make sure you don't kill yourself but apart from that I'll let you make mistakes I will do all this stuff because that's the best way of learning experience yeah I think that's awesome <laughs> It's honestly, I think it's great at that what you're doing because it just allows people to discover for themselves, let people see the challenges, and then work through the challenges, and which is fantastic. It's a small group, and it's just great. But you know what, Matt? I'd love to ask you this question here: Is uh, Go on, you know who's your who's your greatest mentor? Now that is a good question, and that is something that I've sort of struggled with all through life because everything I do, I like to look forward and think, um, okay, I need to go a bit more in this direction, a bit more in that direction. But I found it very hard to do that more mm. because I live quite a different sort of life on my own. There's not mm. many people out there that do what I like to do. Yeah. Um, there is a guy out there called Neil Lawton who's about 20 years older than me. And he's led quite a similar life. So I've been in touch with him and I actually wrote him an email saying, you're the only person in the world that I found similar to me. And um, it would be good to have a chat. So yeah, me and him have been put in touch and he's He's done, he was a SAS and Marines and then he set up his own business and he's designed the flying car and flew from London to Timbuktu. Wow. So, yeah, and as I start going into the businessy side of things, I mean, Branson, I guess, but I don't want to be too cliche about that, but I do think that he is is probably one of my, I don't like to use the word hero, but he's definitely a guy that I sort of smile every time I read his blog and I I see him on TV or see him doing something else because I just think he has got life sorted. Mm-hmm. And I think the balance, especially with the different sorts of things I do, is very is critical. It's trying to work out how to balance everything so that you're happy because I've got a girlfriend. I've got two professions running alongside each other. I've got other crazy stuff. I've got a group of normal friends. I also like to do normal stuff. 
so trying to balance absolutely everything is is quite hard so trying to find someone who's walked that path or walked a similar path yeah it helps and what that's one of the things that uh, it, it's hard when you sort of do things that are that's abnormal to the majority of the people in the world you start to become um you know really different than everybody else so it's very hard to find that core peer group um that will understand you know the challenges the feelings and also the wins that you're actually going for um so on, and that's why i asked that question so i think it's, that's a great answer thank you so much um, Matt, I've got a question for you. You may be familiar with uh, Dan Butner's work. He's, I don't think, been an explorer or adventurer on the same level as you, but he wrote a great book. Uh, he's known for what's called the, the Blue Zones, and mm-hmm. um, he did a fair bit of adventuring, um, but he has traveled all around the world like yourself and, and found almost like a pattern to what um, creates longevity in people and what makes them live long, great lives. Yeah, yeah. But with all of the different cultures that you've experienced, I know we touched on this briefly earlier, but what do you think that humanity has in common? I know you said we're all, 99% of us are all, you know, good people. But in yeah. terms of just certain attitudes or, or I often talk about, you know, with my own work about the way we treat people as we get older, we often don't like the idea of getting older. But in a lot of really successful cultures, getting older is like this great gift and people uh, really respect their elders. What are some of the, the, the commonalities that you've experienced in all of these different cultures um, that you visited? Um, uh, kindness. I- and do you know what's a re- do you know what I've really learned about humanity and the key to happiness and all this sort of stuff is simplicity. Uh-huh. The, the the simpler your life is, the happier people are. And it's always more of a shock to me when I come back to Western culture and you see that it's it's really fast and it's really selfish and it's full of material things. And a lot of your friends that you do hang around with are always moaning about largely insignificant stuff. Whereas, Whereas if you go to all these developing nations, nations, these guys have nothing, but because of that, they're so happy. They've got their family around. They don't stress. They take it easy through life. I mean, they've got enough for what they want to do, but they're not over exuberant. They don't overspend. They're not all living off debt. And that to me, every time I go, even when I go to Indonesia, like I'm going to go at the end of the month, it's, such a, it's so refreshing to think my troubles compared to these guys. I mean, it just puts the world in perspective for me. So I try and live it, even though I am in a Western culture here, um, I try and live a very simple life, just try and get rid of all the crap. Okay, so you live in Hong Kong, right? We're talking yeah. to you from Hong Kong. I'm in Australia, LT's yeah. in Australia. For people yeah. that are listening right now going, well, this simplicity is great, but I'm like in the urban sprawl. What okay. do you do in your life to, to live a simple life and what recommendations would you have for others to go, these are the clues and this is what you can do in your own daily life to, to live more simply? Okay. Well, I bought my first television one year ago. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> now, That's that a good to one. me saps an awful lot of time and wasted energy and rubbish. Yep. So, yep. And I've only got it now because I like watch. I used to watch series on my computer and it got a bit annoying watching it on the computer. So now we just put it on a USB and plug it into the TV. But so I'm very, very time conscious and I'm very, very practical. And anything that's rubbish or depressing or negative, I just cut out. So any sort of adverts or, you know, how a lot of people just sit down in the evening, and just turn the TV on and sit there for four or five hours. To me, I just see that as a complete waste of life. And that's yep. the other thing you realize. A lot of these other poor people or other people around the world, they don't even have a TV and they're not interested in TV and they're socializing and they're talking to their friends or they're out and about. And that's what's been really cool about moving to Asia, actually. Everyone lives in tiny little shoeboxes. Hmm. And because of that, they have a very active lifestyle. They literally see their home as their bed. That's it. Yeah, right. 
No, I know. Like even like, even in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, massively. I mean, I live in a one-bed flat here, and this is pretty much all I'll ever be able to afford. I mean, things are through the roof. But yeah. because of that, um, it means you're out a lot, and it means you're being active, and it means you're looking to entertain stuff and push yourself. And because of the climate, and I know Western cultures don't have that. I mean, Oz is pretty lucky, but because in the evening you can be outside and it's completely fine, it makes the day twice as long. Mm. And you'd be amazed what you can achieve in sort of 18 hours. So I like to remain productive. I like to cut the rubbish out. I like to cut anything that, I mean, most of my clothes are years and years old, so I don't spend any money on anything like that. More because I just keep thinking I can't get these experiences out of my head that happiness is nothing to do with all that rubbish. Mm. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, I remember living in Hong Kong 30 years ago, and uh, I remember how small my the apartment was. I mean, I was a little kid, but still, I still yeah. remember how tiny it was for a family of four living in it. Yeah. So I can imagine, uh, you know, what it's like. So let me ask you this: uh, We're almost near the end of the podcast, so we just okay. got, I guess, um, just maybe one quick question, and then you know, f- you know, five quickies, um, just a short one answers question uh, answers. But what's what do you think the secret of uh, success is for you in terms of committing and always doing things uh, and continue to evolve um mindset curiosity and perseverance i love that thank you all right so i got five quick questions uh, i just think to just to kind of deep you know dive deep into to to what you're about what's your favorite book oh god um my favorite book Oh God! <laughs> You've got him, LT. Oh, you you really have. Um, <laughs> fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction, generally. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Again, I'm very much into like what's real. I read okay. a lot of autobiographies. So anyone who does inspire me. So yeah, I, I did like that, the Branson autobiography and stuff. I love stories. I love real life stories of crazy, stupid stuff happening. Cool. In fact, I am actually planning to write a book myself. But there this you is go. Way, this is way in the pipeline because yeah. my brother approached me and he said do you know anyone who's written a book that's got all these crazy stories, real normal people that I can read about? And we searched on Amazon and there's nothing on there. <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's a great idea. I'd love to, love to see that book one day. What's your, what's your favorite movie? Um, God, you really get me with these. These are like the Facebook profile <laughs> questions. <laughs> In fact, this is a perfect example of what I do. I look at this stuff and I'm like, not relevant, not interested. Turn yeah. off, turn off, turn off. I just want to get a. I want to get a picture of who you're about. Like, what do you do? Like, yeah, what your yeah. mindset is thinking about? You know, like that's that's the reason why I'm asking you these well, questions. Books wise, I'm very much now into, like, say, autobiographies and yeah. personal development and stuff. I, I just love reading about how these people have gone from zero to hero, yeah, or that. all the problems they've overcome, and and a lot of these sort of things register with me. And I just yeah, think, cool. well, if he he went through that or she went through that, I'm sure I'll be able to do that. That's fine. Well, what's and the favorite sort of, place that you've ever been to? Like, with that of all ooh, the places. Yeah, okay, to? that's a good one. Um, I love Peru for the diversity. I've never been to a country like that that's so diverse in such a small amount of space. Um, the Iranian people, they're my favorite people in terms of kindness and things, which is quite controversial. And you think, oh, they all hate the West and stuff. But actually, it's the complete opposite. Mm. Um, and Nepal for the mountains, just getting away from everything. To me, it's um, I'm not actually religious, but it feels like heavenly. You just feel literally like you're walking across the top of the world. Wow. It's really, really amazing. That's cool. And uh, what's the one thing that you haven't done that you would like to do? Um, go to space. Oh, there you go, SpaceX. <laughs> well, I've got to give you a plug, Matt, because I'm going to write this down on my vision board. 
Uh, Matt has his own Adventure Academy. So you can go to mattpryor.co.uk and click on the Adventure Academy there. Uh, Matt, I am. I don't know if this is going to happen in the next five years, but once Come the kids on, are older, excuses. once the kids are older, uh, well, I might bring the kids with me. Then that'll challenge you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, all right. Why not? Why not? Anything's possible. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited by what you're doing. So yeah, folks, if you'd like to check out what Matt's doing, he's got a great Flickr account. Uh, we didn't even talk about your photography, but what I've loved is that you've captured your adventures so beautifully on camera. So all of your adventures are there on Flickr. But uh, go to mattpryor.co.uk. That's M-A-T-T-P-R-I-O-R.co.uk. Click on the Adventure Academy link there and check out what you've been up to. Matt, thank you so much for giving us so much of your time and sharing your adventures with us. It's been a joy to listen to, as I'm sure it has been for all of our listeners. Not a problem. I'm smiling away here because you bring up all the really cool memories of all these old adventures. It's nice talking about them. That's great. Well, that's where the lessons and uh, learning comes from. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much, man. I really enjoyed this podcast. And, uh, you know, I definitely would uh, encourage people to check out the uh, Matt Pryor Adventure Academy. Um, and, uh, you know, definitely I'll be looking at it and t- thinking about it too myself. Guys, go make sure you go to facebook.com slash Inside Champions Mind. Like, like us there. Make sure you comment below this particular episode. Let us know what you think. Go to Wellness Couch and check out, you know, Inside Champions Mind. And make sure you go to iTunes. And if you want this uh, this podcast to be shared amongst others, please do so yourself. But also go to iTunes and comment. Uh, and leave a rating there that will help us get our rankings as well to share knowledge like guys like matt to uh, really spread it across the, the world and hopefully uh, changes people's perceptions this is inside the champions mind show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do i'm lawrence tam and he's marcus pierce see you on the next episode this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.